And this is a pivotal aliyah. When Yosef comes to his brothers, they strip him of his shirt and the fine woolen robe that he was wearing. They took him, and Shimon was the one who threw him into the pit. The pit was empty, that there was no water in it. There were snakes and scorpions inside. Even though this normally spells certain death, Reuven reasoned that Joseph's chances, Yosef's chances were better with snakes and scorpions, which do not possess free choice, and therefore would not be able to kill Joseph if he does not deserve it, versus the human being who has free choice and he could kill Yosef totally independent of his own virtue. And indeed, the snakes and scorpions did not harm Yosef. Still, Yosef pleaded with them to remove him from the pit, but they ignored his pleas. The brothers then sat down for a meal. Reuven did not join them, for it was his custom to fast every so often as part of his repentance for meddling with his father's private affairs. It just so happened he was fasting that day. While they were eating, he left for Hebron, for it was his turn to attend to Jacob, and he was confident that Yosef was safe. As the brothers were in the midst of the meal, they raised their eyes and saw there was a caravan of Yishmaelites coming from the direction of Gilad. Their camels were carrying spices, lotus, on their way to take down to Egypt. Even though the Yishmaelites usually traded in kerosene and tar, which have a foul smell, Hashem arranged that this caravan carry fragrant spices in order to not subjugate, subject Yosef to more suffering when he was in their company. Yudah says to his brothers, specifically talking to Shimon and Levi, who were really eager to kill Yosef, what is to be gained if we kill our brother and have to conceal the responsibility of our death from our father? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites. Let our hand not strike him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. The brothers agreed. In the meantime, a caravan of Midianite merchants also passed by. The brothers hauled Yosef from the pit, sold Yosef to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. The Ishmaelites sold Yosef to the Midianites, and they brought Yosef to Egypt. The next day, Reuven returned. When Reuven went back to the pit and saw that Yosef was not in the pit, he ripped his clothes. He returned to his brothers and said, The boy is gone. And I, Ana Aniva, where can I go to avoid witnessing our father's grief? He will hold me responsible for the disappearance. They took Yosef's robe, slaughtered a young goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. Since the blood of young goat is similar in color to human blood, in doing so they hoped to fool their father to think that Yosef had been killed and devoured by some wild animal. The brothers realized that in time, one or more of them might come to regret their actions and will be moved to tell Yaakov the truth, and this would discredit the others in Yaakov's estimation. In order to prevent this, they made a pact upon themselves not to reveal the truth until they all agreed it was time to do so. Furthermore, in order to prevent any of them from convincing the others to reveal the truth before they would all agree to do so, they further agreed to wait for a sign of God that the time had come to inform their father. The brothers were reluctant to show the robe to Joseph, to Yaakov themselves. They sent off a fine wool robe via an emissary and who brought it to their father. They said via the emissary, we found this, please identify this. Is this your son's robe or not? He recognized and he says, yes, it is my son's robe. A wild beast had devoured him. 
With these words, he unwittingly prophesied that Yosef would be attacked by a wild beast of a person with the wife of Potiphar, as we'll read later on in the Parsha, who attempts to seduce him. Joseph had been torn to pieces, he cried. He rent his clothes, put on sackcloth around his waist as a symbol of mourning, and mourned for his son nonstop for many days. How long? For 22 years. From the year 2216 to the year 2238. In this way, Hashem arranged for Yaakov to atone for the 22 years in which he did not honor his own parents to, to, by attending to their needs while he was away in Lavan's household and then tarried on his return journey. All his sons and daughters attempted to console him, but he refused to be comforted, saying, I will never be comforted. I will go down in the, to the grave in mourning for my son. And indeed, Yaakov's grief did not abate in time, as is usually the case. Hashem has made it part of human nature for people to eventually stop grieving over their dead relatives. But Yosef was not dead. Furthermore, Yaakov said to himself, now that my son had died, I know that if I die, I will go to Het Gehenim. For Hashem had informed me that if none of my sons die during my lifetime, that's a sign that I fulfilled my purpose in life by fathering the chosen family. And thus I will not need to go through Gehenim purification. And for this I owe someone. Since a sad or troubled person cannot experience divine inspiration, Yaakov had no divine inspiration during the 22 years he mourned for Yosef. Inwardly, Yaakov suspected Yehuda from all for killing Joseph. Although the brothers did not tell their grandfather Isaac what had actually happened, Isaac understood prophetically that his grandson was still alive. Seeing that God had not told Yaakov that Yosef was still alive, Isaac understood that he did not want him to know, so he did not tell him either. But nonetheless, witnessing his son's suffering, Isaac, Yaakov's father, wept for him. And meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph to the government of Egypt, specifically to Potiphar, who was a courtier of Paro and the chief of the butchers. And tomorrow we continue with a side story of Yehuda and Tamar.